Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we will discuss episode 16 of The Story of Ming Lan or This episode is chock full of new characters, and the production value of this episode is quite high with all the polo matches going on and the wonderful horses that we see, uh, you know, parading around the episode. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or else email us at Karen and Kathy at ChasingDramas.com if you have any questions. For today's episode, we will do a drama episode recap and then discuss the history brought up uh, and displayed in the uh, drama episode. And then finally, we will close with any book differences or character analysis we'd like to highlight. This episode is a grand affair. By invitation from Countess Wu, Ming Lan, Mo Lan, Ru Lan, and their third brother Changfeng, plus, of course, chaperoned by Wang Dan Yangzi, make their way to an extravagant event. There's games, fishing, hunting, and games of polo happening. This atmosphere is very joyous, and actually, honestly, something you don't see often in Chinese dramas. So, this was a very uh, unique event when I first saw it the first time around. This event gathers every well-known person in the capital and looks to be a uh, fun event. Let's take a look at who's in attendance. We have Gu Tingye with Wei Hangshou and a few other ladies from various um, brothels. Jia Cheng Xianzhu, daughter of Yong Wang, she's the woman in red. And Xianzhu right now is also, uh, we'll call her a princess. Next, we have Rongfei Yan. She is the younger sister of an imperial concubine to the emperor. She is wearing blue. Both of these women are single, very powerful, and highly revered in the capital. We, of course, also have Qi Hong, the young duke. We have Wu Dan Yangzi or Yongchang Bojue Furen. She is Countess Wu, the organizer of the event. We have Liang Hong, her sixth son. We've actually met these two before. They stopped by the Sheng household in episode 7 and were present when Minglan, Rulan, and Molan tumbled out into the main hall. Well, if you recall, Molan actually pushed Minglan and Rulan out. Next, we have Yu Yanran, She's a good friend of Ming Lan. And we also have Yu Yanhong, and she is Yu Yanran's younger sister. Some background to help explain uh, the events of what is going to happen in this episode. As there's a lot of characters uh, we just introduced, like Jia Cheng, Xian Zhu, and Zhong Beiyan, we've never met before, and they only play very, very, very minor characters, but important. Uh, catalyst for the drama. Uh, so what's going on? Yu Yanran, who is Ming Lan's really good friend, is the oldest daughter of the respected Yu family, but her mother died young. So her father remarried and his new wife had two children, the second son and third daughter. So the second son, I don't think we hear his name, but the third daughter is Yu Yan Hong. 
By having these kids, though, the eldest daughter, Yang Yan, is shunned to the side and not favored whatsoever. Thankfully, she has her grandparents who dote upon her. Even though Yu Yan Zhan is still a Dinyu, the third daughter, Yang Hong, is also a Dinyu and takes a lot of pleasure in bullying her oldest sister. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get back to the fair. Ming Lan immediately sees her close friend Yu Yan and they catch up, chatting about embroidery and such. Mo Lan is eagerly awaiting to see uh, where the young duke, Ti Hong, is as she's still hoping to marry him. While he is making poetry with Liang Han, who, as we mentioned earlier, is the sixth son of the Count of Yongchang. Mo Lan decides to just butt into the conversation. Let's just say that's not very classy for her to do this, and every time she, you know, inserts herself... We, much like Ru Lan over there, loses patience. Qi Hong is rather polite and he doesn't mind too much. And Liang Han is actually smitten at seeing Mo Lan. While uh, he's making gaga eyes over at Mo Lan, Qi Hong's attention wanders over to Ming Lan, who is still chatting with her friend Yang Zhan. Confused there yet? Lots of characters that we just mentioned. On the polo field, Yang Yan's younger sister, Yan Hong, is tearing it up and winning prizes and matches. For those of you who uh, have watched Empresses in the Palace with us, the actress for Yan Hong is the same as the one for Fu Cha Guiren. Just thought I'd point that out. Here is where the conflict for this episode comes up. The next prize for the winner of the next match is an elegant gold hairpin. Yu Yeran recognizes it as an item belonging to her deceased mother, which had mysteriously disappeared several years earlier. After seeing this item being presented as a prize for this polo match, Yeran is determined to win it back. Problem is, her younger sister, Yu Yan Hong, also wants this gold hairpin as a prize. Yu Yan Hong will not let her sister have it, so the two sisters have to battle it out on the field to win the hairpin. To help Yan Ran, Ming Lan drags her older brother, Chang Feng, to partner with Yan Ran for this match. They get on the field and you see that Yu Yan Hong is clearly at an advantage. Ming Lan watches anxiously on the sidelines for Yan Yan, but who stops by to distract her? Qi Hong, the young duke. This conversation is actually hilarious to me. Ming Lan is not really focused on Qi Hong right now, but Qi Hong completely ignores how uncomfortable she is and plainly states that he tried to see her a couple of times, and that he has kept the knee guards she made for him hidden. Ming Lan absolutely freaks out when she hears him mention the knee guards, whilst he just continues to double down to state, oh my god, I planned this entire thing just to see you. Apparently, it was he who incepted into Wu Danyangzi's mind to set up this event. 
and then sent invitations to Hua Lan's household in an effort to invite Ming Lan. Everything he did was done so that he can see Ming Lan. In any other drama, I think this would have been like, oh my god, this is so romantic. But Ming Lan right now is not having any of it. She has to help her friend Yan Yan, who is currently crying and losing. Also, from Ming Lan's perspective, she cannot say anything. How could she respond? You have a duke right there saying, oh my god, I did this all for you. Basically confessing his affection and or love to her. She is currently only a shunyi. What would other people think about her if she responded or even, I guess, like, showed any affection back? There's so many people watching, too. So to take her mind off things, and she also has more important things to do, Milan decides to take Yan Ren's place on the field to help Yan Ren win that pin because also Yu Yan Hong is bullying Yan Ren quite badly. Qi Hong runs after Milan at first, confused how she can take Yan Ren's place because he thinks she can't even ride a horse. Little does he know, she's actually quite proficient at riding, and once she gets on the field, she begins to kick butt. Everyone is surprised, particularly Qi Hong. All of the attendees start watching intently as Ming Lan is able to score a few goals, evening out the score. There's still some time left in the match, and Yan Hong's brother gets injured. Now, it's not clear if he's actually hurt, but they ask Fu Ting Ye to partner with Yan Hong. This proves to be problematic for Ming Lan because Gu Tingye is known throughout the capital to be the best polo player. It'd be unfair for everyone else because it's essentially just handing the victory to Yan Hong by having Gu Tingye as her partner. He though says that in order to make it fair, we'll play with his non-dominant hand and gets on the field. The coward of a brother Chang Feng, who is currently paired with Yan Ran and then Ming Lan becomes scared and backs out. He knows how good Gu Tingye is and doesn't want to lose face for the Sheng family by losing the match, which leaves poor Ming Lan on the field to fend for herself. All of the onlookers are wondering what will happen and seeing that she's alone, two people offer to partner with her. One is Wu Danyangzi and the other is Qi Hong. Qi Hong wants to help Minglan win the pin. Initially, Minglan is very reluctant to allow Qi Hong to partner with her, but given that she wants to win, she has little other choice. And Qi Hong actually tells Wu Dan Yangzi to back down. And so, the handsome young duke is now on the field, attracting everyone's attention. The match continues with Qi Hong and Ming Lan both on the field competing against Yan Hong and Gu Tingye. The competition becomes very heated, and after several bouts of intense battle on horseback, Ming Lan is able to win the most number of goals. I also want to compliment the score for this episode. I mean, we've heard the background music before, but it really adds a lot of color to this episode and to the polo match scenes. Well, Ming Lan and Yan Ran are absolutely ecstatic, while a slew of people are furious. Yan Hong stomps away. 
Mulan is frustrated that Xi Hong would partner with Mulan. Rongfei Yan, the sister of the concubine, is also annoyed that Xi Hong is helping an unknown Shunyu, while Jia Cheng Xianzhu thinks that Xi Hong is interesting. The episode ends with the daughters leaving the fair, and Mulan starts insulting Mulan for her behavior. In this episode, there are a lot of matches, or at least interests, being expressed. Wu Danyanzi is mightily impressed with Sheng Mulan and clearly wants her son Liang Han to pay attention to her when she's on the field, but he is too busy paying attention to Mulan. Gu Tingye is told by his female companions about the virtues of Yu Yanran, and he has now taken a very keen interest in her. She is of high birth, a dinu, and seemingly very kind, a quality catch by every means. The problem with Qi Hong participating in this match is that he has now captured the attention of two very powerful women. Rongfei Yan is the woman in blue who threw away her cup after Minglan and Qi Hong won the match. She does not understand why Minglan is worth Qi Hong sticking his neck out for her. Jia Cheng Xianzhu, the woman in red, who is uh, has her servants. You know, lift her up so that she can see the match and has the fan to cover her um, face due to the sunlight. She's also expressing interest in Qi Hong. Now, here's a question for the group. What do you think of Qi Hong's actions in this episode? My first watch through, I thought, wow, look at this guy. He's super cute. He clearly cares for Minglan and is willing to help her. After watching the scene several times, though, it actually becomes clear to me that he is acting on impulse and not thinking at all about how his actions would impact Minglan. He is the son of a duke, the sole son of a duke. He never has to worry about Di Shu being the um, the Shu Chu son or even a second-born son. Minglan, though, is just a Shu Nu with no connections or power. Qi Hong doesn't care about her position, but he also doesn't recognize how difficult her life is. He consistently oversteps boundaries in order to speak with her and to show her how much he likes her, not recognizing that this may actually cause her problems. And he does not recognize how uncomfortable he's making her. What I'm frustrated by is that he doesn't understand that by pairing up with her, the entire capital will wonder what type of relationship they have. It's not normal that a man of his title and background would help a shunyu daughter of a lowly official. Right. This is not, I guess, Cinderella. Real life and real society in Chinese history or during this time dictates that Minglan is going to have a tough time because no one is going to stick up for her. And the problem with Qi Hong is that he also does not have the backbone to uh, stick up for her as well. Again, time and again, and later in this episode, I'll talk about this too. No matter what, no matter how we, we discuss this, women are the ones who get the short end of the stick. Qi Hong will be fine. He will be fine. Minglan will be the one to suffer the consequences. Indeed, right after the match, 
Milan is mercilessly belittled by her sister Molan. And as we saw, Jiacheng Xianzhu and Rong Feiyan both now have their eye on Qi Hong. How is Milan to compete with these two ladies? On the flip side, Hu Tingye is able to explain to his female companions that Minglan's life is very difficult. She may seem like a ray of sunshine on the field, but her life at home is tough, and she rarely has the opportunity to shine. I personally think that he may have let Minglan win because he wants to help Minglan and Yang Yan. From this episode, I can see who actually understands Minglan and. It is unfortunately not Qi Hong. Qi Hong is too naive in how restrictive the world is and how the world actually functions in this society. Even his servant offered a couple of ways to help Milan without getting on the field. He could create the exact same pin and give it as a present to Milan or her friend at the very least. Even if they lost, they still have that pin. Wu Danyang also offered to partner with Milan. Either of these situations would have been better than for Qi Hong to partner with Minglan. This episode is, to me, again a glimpse of why Qi Hong and Minglan will have a tough road ahead to secure a relationship. All right, let's talk about the historical analysis because there's so much that happened in today's episode. So let's dive into the main event, which is polo. Legend has it that polo was introduced to China during the late Eastern Han Dynasty and the Three Kingdoms period from the West, possibly from Persia. Cao Zhi, the self-proclaimed King Chen, who lived from 192 to 232 AD, was the brother to the first emperor of Wei. During the Three Kingdoms era, mentioned polo or tiju in one of his poems. Over the centuries, polo grew in popularity and became a favored pastime of the aristocracy. Archaeologists have unearthed paintings depicting polo matches and tang sanzai or tricolored glazed pottery of females playing polo. The Tang Dynasty emperors also favored the sport and competed against teams from neighboring countries. One emperor, Tang Muzong, sustained a、uh, catastrophic injury while playing polo and suspended court for three whole years. During this time, polo wasn't just a sport, but it was a way for people to showcase military strategies and tactics. Polo was still extremely popular during the Song Dynasty. Its popularity also trickled down to the common people. Perhaps surprisingly to me, at least, is that women could actually participate in the sport. The first Song emperor Zhao Kuangyin very much enjoyed playing polo and often competed against members of his own court. One Song emperor, Song Huizong, actually personally picked and trained a team of female polo players from the palace. He wrote several poems praising women playing polo. Although reading his poems, I don't know if he was more impressed with the women or their skills. As during the Tang Dynasty, polo was a common activity played in the military. During the Song Dynasty, the ball was about the size of a fist and painted with a red color. 
the mallet was more reminiscent of a hockey stick. Flags were used to indicate how many points you earned. In the drama, I think it uses a black ball instead, and the mallets look more modern. As with modern-day polo, there were specific uniforms needed to play. In the drama, the players just tied up their sleeves, um, and that was more in service of the drama. Polo declined in popularity uh, in China during the Ming and Qing dynasties. Women also became more and more repressed during this time, so it was rare to see women participate in activities such as polo. During the middle to late Qing dynasty, it was forbidden for commoners to privately own horses, further exacerbating the decline of the sport. We'll see a bit more of polo in this drama in upcoming episodes, as it is a a fun event uh, for folks in the capital to participate in. One thing I did want to highlight is the surprise that Qi Hung expressed in Ming Lan's uh, polo abilities. She consistently, I would say, I don't know if lying to him is the right word, more so just does not express that she has this interest. If we go back to episode six, where uh, we see Minglan going to school for the first time, it is mentioned that she always does better playing polo or horseback riding, which is something that she learned from Grandma Sheng, versus calligraphy. Her calligraphy writing is terrible, but she's very good on horseback. So we can see again that her true nature is one of that is more boyish or uh, I guess more active. She likes the uh, arrow toss and then also the horseback riding. Lots of other women such as Mualan are like, ew, I don't want to be on the field. That's so dirty. But Minglan thrives there. Another instance where Hu Tingye was not surprised that Minglan would be good on the field, but Qi Hong was. And again, it shows the difference in understanding Minglan between these two men. Yes, I will point out, he keeps sending her brushes. Mualan's over there is like, he's already sent her three. What's going on? So, of course, again, Qi Hong, you're missing the mark. All right, next up is a poem that Countess Wu or Wu Danyangzi recites when she tries to get her son to pay attention to the match, or specifically Minglan. The two lines she quotes are Jian Yuan Jing Hua Yi Xing Liu, Yue Zhang Zheng Qiao Wei Ni Xiu. These two lines come from a Tang Dynasty female poet called Yu Xuanji. The poem itself is called Da Qiu Zuo, or The Polo Match. The YouTube translation is actually quite good, so we'll quote from there. The two lines translate to Clean and slippery, flying like a shooting star. Moon-shaped mallets, you and whack without end. The rest of the poem roughly translates to If there are no barriers, it's easy to play. The ball flies away from the mallet, only afraid that it won't score a goal. In the end, scoring a goal will win, and I hope he does. Again, this is my rough translation. Yu Xuanji is one of the most famous female poets of the Tang Dynasty. Born in 840 AD by the name of Yu Youwei, her intellect and talent were obvious from a young age. She met the poet Wen Tingyun in her youth and wrote several poems 
to him. It was rumored that she was in love with him despite him being over 30 years her senior. She became a concubine to Li Yi at the age of 16. Li Yi was the Zhuangyuan at the time, which means that he placed first in the imperial examinations. So he's literally like one in a million. She was happy for a time, but that happiness ended pretty quickly. Li Yi's wife forced her out of the household, and with nowhere left to turn, she became a Taoist nun, adopting the name Xuanzi. During the Tang Dynasty, people were actually pretty uh, free sexually, and a nun could actually become a courtesan. So she actually became a courtesan while also a nun and had many sexual adventures. Unfortunately, legend has it that she got into a fight and allegedly strangled her maid to death. At the age of 28, she was executed for her crimes. Roughly 50 of her poems are compiled within the complete Tang poems. As I mentioned earlier, she is a very famous female poet and often considered one of the top foremost famous during the Tang Dynasty. We've talked about several female poets on our show now, and unfortunately, it seems many of them didn't have very happy endings. Wu Xuanzi is one of them. Countess Wu uh, recites the two lines of the poem to describe um, how well Milan is playing polo right now, and these two lines are quite apt. Again, this poem right here just goes to show that polo was very, very popular during the Tang Dynasty, as Karen mentioned earlier. Okay, let's move on to some character analysis. Gu Tingye, we've talked about him already in this episode, and in our podcast, we've talked about how Gu Tingye knows how hard Minglan has it and praises her. He knows how tough her situation is, but he won't do much about it at the end of the day. Why should he? I do want to point out that he has his own agenda at this gathering. He asks his courtesans who are with him about Yu Yanran several times. What intrigues him most about Yu Yanran is the fact that according to the courtesans, Yu Yanran is nice to everyone, including these ladies. Something is formulating in his mind after he hears this. Why is this a shock? Well, most women stay far, far away from courtesans. They are uh, the lowest of the low in terms of status in society. But Yu Yanran doesn't mind. A woman of her status and background, she comes from a wealthy family and is a dinu, no less, is still willing to accept invitations from these courtesans. And that is very rare in the capital. Something I also find rather odd is the fact that Wu Tingye invites these courtesans to this fair. One could say that it's because he doesn't mind uh, the company of women in I guess, their situation. But on the other, it does show that uh, he doesn't care too much for uh, decorum and is rather rebellious. Another person who is making her own calculations is Countess Wu. 
or Wu Danyangzi. She is the hostess of this fair or this gathering. Countess Wu has her eyes on a certain someone, which would be Minglan. Her son, however, seems to be more interested in Muolan. Notice what Countess Wu says about Muolan after one glimpse. She doesn't care for the Ying Shi Zuo Fu act or the、uh, poetry reciting act that Muolan displays. For her and the other women of nobility, they are looking for daughter-in-laws who can manage a household, not just recite poetry. Wu Danyangzi is pretty taken by Minglan because Minglan's performance in the match reminds her of her younger days, and since she was raised by Grandma Sheng, Minglan can probably manage a household. Wu Danyangzi is impressed by Minglan, but not at all by Muolan. <laughs> you can definitely see Wu Danyangzi rolling her eyes at her son every single time he's、uh, peeking over at Muolan's、um, side of the the fair. Countess Wu has seen enough of Muolan's type to recognize that she is not、uh, wife material. But again, I do want to reflect, though. At this point, what are you know some of the other avenues for Muolan? She wants to marry well, but her status as a shuni means that it is really tough to do so. In her mind, her poetry skills are ways to catch a big fish. I think this drama, even though it's great, is a consistent reminder for how tough a world it was for women back then. Muolan. I love her. She's great. Of course, doesn't care because she is a dini. I'll give Wang Danyang's credit. She isn't super jealous of Minglan in the scene. Which, if Lin Xiangyang was here, so Mistress Lin, mother of Muolan, Lin Xiangyang would have, you know, thrown his fit and tried to probably, you know, kill Minglan because she is way too yoshou or was way too good in on the polo、uh, on the polo field. Speaking of. The polo match for the drama. I think it is quite obvious who can or cannot ride a horse. The actor、mm-hmm. for Gu Tingye, Feng Shaofeng, has acted in many dramas,、um, period dramas to boot, and it's pretty obvious that he's a good rider. He's actually shown riding his horse in many of the scenes. For the ladies, though, Zhao Liying, the actress for Minglan, she does have some scenes where she's on the horse, but all the close-ups. Aren't of course of her actually riding a horse. So what happens when you when you look at this drama? And I guess when you're younger, you don't really think about it. But when you're watching this, what happens is the actors and actresses for Minglan,、uh, Ti Hong, etc. They all have close-ups of their upper body, and it's clear that it's like in front of a green screen or it's very fake. And then when they're trying to do some of the more complicated、uh, horseback riding. Um, you can pan see, out. They pan out, and you only see like the bottom part of the horse, and you don't see the top part at all. Or you see the the stunt doubles. Yes, essentially they're just the stunt doubles. Still,、so, I think a very clever way to record or film this. I think this is how most historical Chinese dramas do it, where they record and fake the、uh, the top part of the riding. Um, so you only see the close up or like chest up, and then they have stunt doubles um doing the、uh, more intense riding. Right, I'm not passing any judgment. I'm just merely stating some facts here. Lastly, let's discuss some book differences. So the book places the story in a similar setting to the Ming and Qing dynasties. 
As such, Polo was not mentioned in the book. This scene in the drama was included to introduce several characters to the audience, such as Yu Yanhong, Jia Cheng Xianzhu, and Rong Fei Yan. The drama also, of course, really allows Minglan to shine. She absolutely dazzles the onlookers in this episode. The book simply introduces many of these characters in a normal gathering. A pole match is much more exciting. And as such, of course, all the interactions with Qi Hong here and with Gu Tingye didn't really happen in the book. But I think, again, this drama does a really good job highlighting the character flaws of Qi Hong in this episode. And that is it for today. Uh, we introduced a lot of new characters and saw quite an exciting game of polo to boot. Let's see what happens in the aftermath. If you have any comments or questions on the show or what was presented in today's episode, please reach out to us. Thank you all so much for listening. We will catch you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.